Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, where the gaming table is always set for two. I am your host as always, Jeff Stormer. This week I am joined by Dungeon Master Ian from the Dungeon Master's Block podcast for a game of Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition. Ian is the newest host on the Dungeon Master's Block podcast, which is of course one of the greatest D&D advice podcasts on the internet. He was also a competitor on Geek Wars, which was a podcast on the Block Party Network, which was a hilarious, super fun, geeky trivia competition show that I was also a part of. And he's developing at least one secret podcast project that, take it from me, you should be pretty excited about. And with all that said, let's throw it over to me in the past so he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week I am joined by Dungeon Master Ian. Ian, thank you for coming on Party of One. Yeah, it's great to be here. I'm excited to uh, to do Party of One. I haven't been here before, so yeah. So, uh, at the top of the show, why don't you talk about anything you might have going on that you might want the audience to know about, any cool podcasts you're a part of, any projects you're working on, that sort of thing. Yeah, so I am actually the newest host on the ever-popular Dungeon Masters block. So if you do ever want to check that out, that would be awesome. I'd love to to hear from you. The other thing that I'm working on is a, is a pod that you and I are both on called the Geek Wars Podcast. It's a lot yes, of fun, yes, yes. lots of trivia, all that good stuff too. The other thing that, uh, <clears throat> that I'm working on currently is something that Mitch uh, has not deemed... Or has deemed top secret, I should say. I don't know exactly what's going on, but he's got a project for me. So uh, that'll probably be coming down the pipe for the Block Party Podcast Network. And like I said, we'd be happy to have uh, have you come over, check us out. That's and, very uh, yeah. exciting. Secret projects are my favorite projects. Yeah, right? I'm, I was like, can you give me any clue? And he was like, nope, I'd rather just <laughs> talk to you in person. I was like, really, Mitch? Really? Okay, I, sure. I love that. I Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. All right, so... This week, we are playing Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. Yes. I am very excited. I've got a heck of a little adventure written. So why don't we dive right in, and why don't you introduce the character that you're going to be playing this week? Yeah, so this character is one that I actually took to a con with me uh, to play in John Arcadian's Tarasque campaign. He ran a module at uh, a catacon down in Ohio with the RPG Academy. And he was like, bring whatever kind of character you want, uh, because it's likely that you're all going to die anyway, so let's do this. And so I brought this character named Edmore Cicero, and I made him a Battlemaster Archer. And uh, it's 20th level character. He's a pretty cool dude. He's a monster hunter. That's what he does for a living. And uh, think like big game hunter, like uh, uh, Quartermain from the you know mm-hmm. the dime novels. That's, mm-hmm. that's what he does. And... Uh, He's pretty legendary. I mean, he opened up the first salvo against the Tarrasque with 201 damage just straight up. So, yeah, archers are awesome. I'm very excited about that. I'm a, I'm a fan of archers. I feel like that's an archetype that doesn't get enough love in Dungeons & Dragons. No. All right, so I am ready to dive in. Let's do this. Let's make some yeah. magic happen. So we open in the desolate mountain village of Dula Sadaka. It is a quiet nomadic village on the slo- on the northern face of the Alabaster Mountains. You have come upon this village after many long nights of trekking through this mountain. You've come here with a purpose. From where did you come last? What did you hunt? And from who did you hear tales of the Ron Rice, the Terror of the Northern Face? 
So I, I I have come from hunting a let's see what are some good epic level creatures that I could have could have I'll just say I came from hunting a, a red dragon uh, cool. was terrorizing Excellent. the countryside um, took him down not solo of course but as part of a party because that would just still be nuts so you know me and my buddies we took him down he was terrorizing a small little kingdom and. They contacted me because they knew I was a great hunter, and they mentioned that there might be a problem in the neighboring community, the uh, the lords I was working for, and I'm always up for a challenge. Fabulous. Yeah, so they, they you got word from the lords that there was this, there were rumors of this beast in the mountains that was dragging people off in the night and devouring them. Ooh. The terror of the northern face, the Ron Rice. You, okay. you've heard these tales. They said they said the they said the best uh, information about this monster will be found in Dula Sadaka. You have traveled a long way to find it, as it has as it is. The story that the information that you had did not say that it was a nomadic village. You had heard that it was stationary, but when you got to where the village was supposed to be, there were only a few like hollowed out huts clearly like abandoned and so you had to like follow trails and things to kind of track down where this town was going to be right on. you finally have come upon actually make me a uh survival or tracking role to see how long it takes you to find 28 Okay, perfect. You have no trouble finding this uh, finding this village. You have no trouble, like, following... Because the tracks leading there are very... They're very scattered. Like, they're very obviously... They get harder to find as the trail goes on, but at first they are very clearly, like, driven by panic. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of obvious tales of where the trail has gone. Okay. You've yeah. come upon this fairly quickly. Uh, it is, there's like, there's a few, like, sort of, uh, makeshift traveling, like, tents. It's kind of a, a tent village at this point. You are greeted mm -hmm. by a, a small gnomish gentleman carrying a spear. His name is Goldbrick. And he greets you, and he, he, he sort of, his eyes go wide, and he goes, Oh, you're the dragon slayer. This might actually work out. I've you killed a thing or two in my time, yes. You're different than the others. Perhaps you will bring some measure of comfort to the people around the village. Come, come. And he sort of walks you around. And the people are cautious but amenable. Okay. Um, you may go ahead and ask... You may ask me... Three questions about... Because you have a little bit of time before things happen. Okay. Because you've gotten here very quickly. Ask me three questions about the the village or the people or the the terror of the North Face, etc. Ask me three questions. I will answer honestly. So three questions. Uh, what time of day and what area of time... Well, okay. So what time of day does the northern terror 
usually, or the Terror of the Northern Face usually attack? And from um, what direction? So, you're kind of asking around about this, and everybody is very... The way that everybody speaks is sort of with a, a marked whisper. Okay. Everybody speaks very... With intent and in a whisper, as they say, the beast strikes during the day when the sun is highest and when we, when the sounds of life are most prominent. We have figured out that if we stay quiet and mobile, we stay safe. But the beast strikes during the day and he and it comes from all directions but from the nor from the upper slopes so it come the direction would be from above and where have the attacks landed most frequently in which part of the village ah uh, uh well while we were stationary the attacks came uh, most notably in sort of the town square where people were most populated. It was definitely, they were definitely attacks made with intent and with, uh, they were the attacks of a hunter picking on prey when it was most populated and most defenseless. This was something attacking with tactics. So the town square... And so other sort of very populated areas. Areas where it could easily grab someone and be gone. And what is his primary prey? Which people does it usually choose to take first? If it can uh, have its way. The, it takes... It is an alpha predator. It takes the easiest prey. So uh, it took... It took Franklin the Large. It took Franklin the Large first. He was a rotund gentleman. He was slower than the rest of us. Since then, we have been careful to protect those that are the weakest among us, but it still targets those that it could, that will put up the least fight. It is an intelligent hunter. It bounces in... It abducts, it grabs whomever it can grab the easiest from the town square, and it bounces right back out. Alright, those are my three questions. Alright. So, you're getting this information. And you start to hear, everyone, like I said, everyone is talking with this pointed whisper. As though the thing is listening. You know, no matter where they, they are, they believe that the thing is listening. Suddenly... <laughs> Echoing through seemingly everywhere in the mountain, you hear the noises of laughter and shouts and crass, kind of offensive stories and jokes. The kind of thing that, you know, you probably should, they probably, you know, crass jokes that people don't need to be making. <laughs> You hear this sort of laughter coming from, like, echoing all around the mountain in stark contrast to the quiet whispers of the town folk. You see a party of quote-unquote professional hunters. 
have sort of rolled up. <laughs> One of them on horseback, the other sort of following behind. The other sort of following behind on foot. Making a big huff. One of them kind of like... They start like haggling with shopkeeps. One of them like knocks over a table because he gets offended. Hmm. They're making a big loud stink of things. Do I recognize anything about them? Like, have I seen... Uh, like, is it a hunter's guild that I would be familiar with or something like that? Uh, make me a perception roll. Perception. Eighteen. Alright. Eighteen. Um, you notice that they are... Clearly, uh, they are their own guild. They are one of these sort of independent adventuring parties that you've heard some about, but none that you've, like, directly encountered before. But you can tell that they are, like... As you are a big game hunter, you can tell that they are another band of big game hunters, but they are much more... much less dedicated to the art of it, and much more about, like, hey, let's go out and kill a thing. That'll be fun. Right, right. Okay. And they're sort of knocking things over, making a big, loud thing. You can see the people... These sort of, like, tired, weary travelers, you can see them getting real uncomfortable with how loud and how ruckus they're being. You also notice, um, among the quiet people is one very, uh, eloquent-looking elf in, like, black robes and, like, a handkerchief over their, over their nose and mouth is watching them and then turns around and, like, departs. <laughs> Okay. So, I make note of the elf. I'm going to keep that for later. Mm -hmm. I'm going to walk over to whoever appears to be the leader of these people. And I'm going to okay. say to him, uh, you might want to keep it down. <laughs> he, he hops off of his horse, and he's a little bit shorter than you. Okay. Maybe like a few inches shorter than you, and he's kind of looking up at you, and he lets out this bellowing laugh. This <laughs> Did you hear this guy? <laughs> this guy thinks we should keep it down. I'm sorry, are we upsetting your delicate sensibilities? <laughs> and everybody starts laughing, and the laughs are echoing and echoing. Uh, not my sensibilities per se, but unless you want to rain hell down upon yourself, I would quiet. He, um, his chest puffs, puffs out a little bit. Oh, is that a, is that a threat? Are you threatening? Are you threatening the great Hogan Hall? No. You must by, not know who no I means. am. By no means, sir. No, I simply say that, uh, the monster that I'm sure you're here to hunt is attracted to loud noises. And has carried oh. off many, many people. So please... Unless you want the monster to come, please keep it down. Uh, oh, is that, is that all? Do we, do we just think the monster's gonna come? Hey, monster! 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 And he starts, like, real loudly calling him out. Calling out the monster. <clears throat> and he kind of looks at you and, like, gives you one of those, like, he flinch, like, he does the, like, feign a punch thing where he's like, yeah, what? What are you gonna do about it? <laughs> and everybody around him is, like, laughing and kind of like jostling him a little bit they're clearly getting a kick out of they you get the vibe that they might know who you are or at least your reputation 
and might be trying to, like, pick a fight a little bit. Clearly, you don't know what you're doing. So please, <laughs> spare these people the time, the danger, and your pompous self. And go home. Let the professionals handle it. I, I really don't think that you know who I am. I am Hogan Hall. I am the greatest hunter in these mountain ranges. And, and I these... am Edmore Cicero. Oh. Oh, that's Cicero. So please, do us all a favor. Be quiet or go home. Uh, I think at that moment... If the others the others sort of, like, quiet down after they hear your name. They know you. And Hogan knows you. They all know you. They all mm-hmm. quiet down. Uh, everybody starts to turn around and starts to, like... one the, 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 the guy that knocked over the cart starts to, like, pick up the cart a little bit. <laughs> That's more like it, sis. <laughs> your name is Hogan, is it not? And what brought you here, exactly? He smiles a bit, and, like, every his, his crowd has sort of dissipated a little bit. And he smiles, and he kind of puts a thumb to his mouth a little bit, like, wiping away a little bit of that pride that he lost when his, when his gang backed off. And he's like, I am here to prove that I am better than the most dangerous thing on this mountain. And he smiles a moment too long, does a 22 hit your armor class? <clears throat> a 22 does indeed hit my armor class. Take uh, 2 plus strength for an unarmed attack. Take 5 damage, subdual damage, as he clocks you in the jaw. And draws out, and draws out, yeah, 5 damage as he, draw, as he clocks you in the jaw, draws out his sword, and says... Have says your move, friend. The most dangerous thing on the mountain. <laughs> I went to blood from my cheek a little bit, or from my lip, because I assume he cocked me in the face. And I say to him, "Well, so this is not the first barroom brawl I've ever been in." And I take my forty movement speed back away from him. All right. So he's drawn. On his turn, he, 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 like, pulled out his sword. He's gonna... He sees you do that, and he's a little bit, like, taken aback. He's like, that was faster than I thought. And he starts to, like, put his sword away. And he looks around to the crowd. Or to his gang of... There's, like, him and two other dudes. It's three people. And he, like, puts up a hand, and he just points at you. Yeah, he points at you. And he says, says, says get him. And they all draw out their uh, heavy crossbows. It is now your turn as they have all taken action to draw weapons. Okay. So um, I I have to take my turn to draw my bow. (laughs) All right. Yeah. So that'll be... That's my turn. Because I I I didn't have a weapon out yet. Uh, They both... Roll a 14 or a 13, I assume, do not hit your armor class. No, they do not. Alright. And a 
Okay, yeah. So they start opening fire, and their arrows are just flying all over the place. They're kind of just shooting almost to freak out. They're shooting, they're, they're, they're thinking that you're going to back down if they start shooting, shooting bolts. So their bolts are going wide, but none have hit you. Okay. Uh, I'm going to return fire because, you know, I don't like to start fights, but I finish them. <clears throat> sure. So I'm going to take it that a 15 plus 11, 26 will hit one of them. 26 will definitely hit any of them. You have your choice. There is Hogan, who is wearing armor, who's wearing, uh, like, proper armor. Mm-hmm. And then the two others are wearing sort of, like, the, the, the two smaller guys in the back are wearing splint mail, and he is wearing more plate mail. Okay, so I'm going to shoot the archers, because Hogan had to try to attack me with a sword. Yeah. And I'd rather take out the, the long range people first, so All I'm right. gonna hit one of the one of the crossbowmen. Alright. For twenty-eight damage. Okay. Still standing, but he is uh just about bloody. Okay. So the second window. attack is going after him again. Alright. And twenty-two hits. Yes. Easily. Or eight, 10 plus eight, 28 for the second half. You, you exactly... Uh, oh no, he's got two hit points left. He is barely hanging on. <laughs> okay. So describe, again, describe your hits. So my oh, first you got hit, one more attack. No, I got, I got two more attacks. Oh, uh, go fight Please. Yeah. So, um... <clears throat> So the first arrow would hit him in the shoulder. The second arrow hit him in the leg, because you know taking out the most important parts first. Sure. Does an eighteen hit? Yes. Low roll for me. Okay. Uh, yeah, that one. Just the the damage die alone take him out. So. Uh, Seven, eleven, fourteen. So. A 32 takes him out. Uh, arrow through the center of the forehead. Yep. Um, and he's done. Uh, next, the last attack that I have is going after the other crossbowman, and I'm going All to right. expend a superiority die to All use right. a maneuver called Disarming Strike, and I'm going to target his crossbow. Okay. That was loud and not in the box. But uh, 28 would hit... Definitely with ease. So I gotta add another die to my roll here. Eight, nine, thirteen, fourteen. Plus eighteen is thirty-two. So thirty-two damage total, and he has got to make a strength save. Okay. He gets a thirteen. I believe he gets a sixteen. Let me just hop over and find out exactly. Yep, he gets 16. 16 so does not beat the save, so he drops his bow. Yep, you knock it right out of his hands. And that's you my knock t- him... At that much damage, you knock him, like, on his ass, and he has to, like, clamber up, and his sword, his thing is gone. He's like, uh, uh, uh. I look so at him, hope- and I say, run. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, he's gonna that he's gonna run. He just saw his friend get taken out. Hogan is gonna charge at you. Okay. And gets a 16, 21. 21 will hit. Uh, what's his All movement right. speed? Because I move forty feet away from him. Oh, you know what? He actually he actually gets uh, his movement speed is thirty, so he's only gonna get so close to you. I don't think he actually can make it on a charge. Oh, on no. a charge? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, charge is twice running speed, isn't it? Okay, what? yeah, then he, yeah, he gets to you, he's gonna charge you, uh, he gets, he hits you for 2d6 plus 3, 10 damage. Okay. As he just runs at you and just, just slices you with the sword. Alright, so then, um, man, I'd have to make this attack at disadvantage, but... Um, it's the only weapon I've got in my hand right now. Uh, you know what? What is the... Hang on, I'm, ready. I'm reading through my... Yeah, so I'm going to use my evasive footwork. Okay. I'm going to expend another superiority die. And I'm going to uh, take my movement speed. Move 40 feet okay. away. And add... 12 to my armor class. Okay. Until I stop moving. So I know okay. he, gets a, he probably gets an attack of opportunity because I didn't disengage, but I doubt that he's going to hit a... I don't think a 12. I don't 32. think... Uh, he, he His final result was a 12, so I think you're good. Okay. <laughs> so I, I take my movement speed, and, I, and I, uh, I'll, I'll use the dash action on that to move up to 80 feet. Okay. So now there's some distance between us. It is his turn. <clears throat> okay. Um, well, he's not going to be able to get to you, so he's going to pull out his crossbow and, like, get ready to take aim and, like, mutter under his breath, taking aim at my prey, and you could probably finish this dude in a turn. <laughs> So yeah. we'll go ahead. I am going to. Yeah, I'm just gonna shoot him. Uh, uh crit. Beautiful. Uh, let me grab all my damage dice for him. It's a D8, two D6. Four, six, twelve, fourteen. Again with the 32. Alright. You blow him backwards. He he staggers to his feet. Blood is spilling out. And he's just like shaking his head like, Huh? Huh? And... Alright, yeah. And he's like, he's like, okay. Alright. That was... <laughs> he yells out, that was pretty good. <laughs> that was okay. That was all right. And he's going to take out his crossbow and neither he takes two takes a shot at you. It does not hit. It is now your turn. I'm going to look at him before I as I'm knocking my final arrow. Do you really want to finish it this way? And yeah, so he sees you knocking the arrow. And he just sighs, and he throws down the crossbow, and he says, It's your problem now. 
And he just, like, trudges off through, like, the ankle-deep snow. He's just like, ugh. And he, like, trudges off. He picks up his friend. And, like, he just kind of waves the other guy. And the three of them walk off. And the townsfolk kind of surround you. And they're, like, they kind of in whispers. They're like, oh, my God, thank you. Because they've been here for days. And they have not. They have been jerks for days. Four days. <laughs> Got it. Four days of just the worst people on Earth. <laughs> uh, you're quite welcome. I hate people who aren't professionals. It's my pleasure. So, I'm going to take a quick scan of the sky, because okay. that was a lot of noise. Um, um, you know. It's quiet. There are storm clouds in the distance, but still, you're you're okay. You're all right. You hear, however, like that silence is broken by in the extreme distance, to the northeast up the slopes. You hear like a a low rumbling that sends everybody scrambling to their tents, and like Goldbrick looks at you, spear in hand, and he's like. It stirs. It's not on the move, but it's awake. Well, then I better get to hunting. Godspeed. Gods be with you. <laughs> and thank you. So yeah, I'm going to, uh, based on the information that they gave me, I'm going to um, start tracking it up the mountain if I can. Okay. Make me uh, another survival roll. This one will be opposed. Survival. Okay. 28 again. Okay. You spend some time moving through the mountain. You're moving, you're swift of foot, you are, are breathing, you're breezing through it. Um, yeah, you are breezing through the mountain. Make me, uh, make me a person, now make, yeah, you're breezing through, like, the snow is sort of piling up, it's now up to your shin, but you move so soft of foot that at times you are walking across, like, freshly laid snow. You are that swift and that cunning and that good at tracking. You, the, the, the grumbling grows louder, like, it grows more prominent. As you're going, you see this perfectly soft, flat, untouched clearing in a sparse bit of wood. Make me a perception roll. Uh, 25. You see... Uh, it, it, it looks serene. Except... Your eye, you have the eyes of an eagle, you have the eyes of a hunter. You can see it looks serene, but it looks... So serene that it must have been arranged this way. Suddenly, the pairs in the back of your neck stand up. Um, you realize you're not to alone either here. Try to make some sort of survival. Um, is there anything around that would kind of give me a clue in as to what sort of creature this is based on previous experience? Uh, like nature. Yes, make me two. Make me two nature rolls. 
Nature is not my strong suit, but the first roll is going to be a 14. The second roll is going to be an 18. Okay, so what I'll tell you, yeah, what I'll tell you is the 18, you get a pretty good idea of two things. The 14 is not enough to give you exact an answer on, a, there's a question that lingers, but the 18 tells you two key things. One, you are dealing with some sort of great mountain hunter, one of these natural beasts, something that is impossibly old and impossibly massive. Um, you get the sense, you've heard of, you've heard of, like, mountain lions or things like that attacking with that, the, the way that they described it in the, in the mountain. Mm-hmm. But never never something attacking a person like that. Okay. So you get the sense that this is something that is large enough and powerful enough. A keen hunter that is big enough to grab a person. Right. You get a sense that you're dealing with a yeti. <laughs> this is a yeti. <laughs> However, <laughs> the thing that you don't know, or the thing that the other the other thing that you know, and the uh, like, the dangerous revelation you have is this clearing that has been clearly made to look pristine, even though something has clearly been here. This is not a yeti's nest. Whatever is here, and whatever you know to be watching you at this moment is not a yeti. There's okay. something else stalking these mountains as well. That That is rather disconcerting. <laughs> Roll me um, initiative. Okay. Because I need to see if something happens. My initiative is plus 10, so... 21. What is your dex bonus? Uh, 5. Okay, yeah, so, um, so you are here. What happens is, because you just, I'm trying to remember if you made that perception roll or not. I made a, I had a 14 and an 18 on my perception. Yeah, you did make the, you made the, the perception you made before that, you did make. So yeah, you made that perception roll. So what you see is uh, lurking in the upper branches of a tree is that same elf in the black... Though the elf has now changed into snowy white to blend in with the snow environment. Mm -hmm. That elf is watching you from a tree with a light crossbow in hand aimed at you. And it is your turn. (laughs) Uh, I'm gonna hold my action until I see okay. what this is gonna, what's going down. Because <clears throat> as Edmore's character, he's very cautious in general, mm-hmm. and he doesn't like to start a fight. So he's going to, yeah, I'm gonna hold my action until I see what exactly the threat is. Okay. Uh, yeah. He is going to attempt to. Uh, I'm gonna say he's going to. He, um. Okay. 
then actually, because of that, because that is the exact right response to this, he lunges from the tree and lunges at you, and the two of you, like, roll on the ground. Make me a uh, social roll, uh, charisma, or diplomacy to get some information out of him as he, like, puts... As he throws... As he's diving at you from the tree branch, right? He throws his crossbow, he pulls out a short sword, and now he has it to your neck. Okay, so I'm making a diplomacy roll, you said? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Alright, so charisma... 19? <laughs> okay. Like plus one he, for me. <laughs> he, well, he rolled a four, so you've won him over. Okay. He, like, he's got the knife to your throat, and in a whisper that seems to... that seems so quiet, it does not bother the branches of the trees. He says to you, Do you think you can take it? Depends on what it is, but I haven't met a creature that's bested me yet. And he, he, he says to you, That crowd in the town, they were ill-prepared. You showed them that. And he hops up off of you, and he offers, he puts his way his short sword, and he offers you his hand. And he brings you up. I dust myself off because the snow is cold. I apologize for the rough introduction. It is how we tend to do business in my in my circles. <laughs> and he offers you his hand. My name is Nasta. I am a hunter assassin of sorts. Well, I am Edmore Cicero, a hunter by profession. Hmm. And he, he, he sort of, he, he guides you silently back through the woods to a small, like, one-person campsite where he is set up apart from the town. Okay. And he says, I've been tracking this thing for a little while. I've been following the rumors, much like I assume you've been following the rumors. Yes. If I'm being honest, though, I think this may be outside of my expertise. I think this may call for someone more trained in the hunt, like yourself. But what leads you to that conclusion? Well, I... See, Hogan and his band were not the first to come through here, but they were the first to hang around. Partially because I think they were afraid to actually go into the northern slopes. Unfortunately, none of those that have gone into the northern slopes have come back. And while I am very good at my job, and he kind of smiles, and you see, you look over the serene area that a less skilled hunter would have walked dead into this trap. He smiles and he's like, I'm very good at my job. I don't think that merely drawing the Yeti into a trap is going to be enough. Do you catch my drift? This thing is dangerous. I've 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 studied Yetis before, but this is not a normal Yeti. This is this is a worse thing. This is smarter and bigger and scarier. I think I'm feeling a little out of my depth, if I'm being honest. That's alright. 
At least you were professional enough to know that you were out of your depth. Though I think two bows stand a better chance than one, if I'm being honest. Hmm. I like where your head's at. But I suspect I may be... I suspect... Here's here's what I... I, I don't want... I'm going to level with you and say I don't want to I don't want to face this thing head on. It's not my style. But what I'll do for you is this. And he kind of like uh, like waves his hands to the, the 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 trap that he's laid and he says, "I can help make you a trap. We can draw this thing in. You'll get the jump on it. This is my this is where I thrive." So what I'm going to offer you, Ian the player, is uh, in leading into this big boss battle that we're about to have as you face off against the 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 ancient and powerful Yeti. Because you because you did not engage the assassin in combat and thusly did not have to fight him, I'm going to give you three advantages that you can lay out in this fight. Three things that uh, allow you to set the fight on your ter- on your terms. Yeah, I'm going to want at least something that will slow, even if it is ever so temporarily, its movement. Um, so that way I can, you know, get as many shots on it as I possibly can. Sure. Before it, it can get within closing distance. Because if this thing is a Yeti, I don't want it to hit me. Um, this guy sure. is based, you know, Edmore is based all on mobility and, and all that kind of thing. So... With that in mind, some sort of like snare to hold its leg or something of that nature to limit its movement speed for as long as you know you deem appropriate. Um, sure, sure, sure. First advantage. He he lays out he lays out like a rope trap and he's like this should. And he's kind of watching this guy. He's like this should, it should catch this if we are just right in how we draw it out. Okay. Um. Some sort of snow camouflage, if that's at all possible, because it is snowing. Oh, wait, no, I can glamour my armor. Never mind. Um, I forgot about that. Uh, so I can make it white. So, let me see. Second, uh, we will go with some sort of... Um, uh, he's an assassin, so I'm going to want to see if he has some sort of trap that he can set up that's like poison barbs or something like that. Well- yeah, what he has actually is he offers it to you. He has a poison that you can put on your arrows to poison the thing. Because he's like, what I've got is like poison that I put on my arrows. So you can have that if you think it'll help you. Yeah, so then I'll, I have a thing that I'll give you that effect when you shoot your arrow at him. And I'll give you three of three three arrows of that. Yeah, you know, like, like I said, I want to limit his mobility as much as I can. The rope trap, the poison. I want to set up some sort of of device or some sort of, tra- not trap per se, but something to funnel it into like a bottleneck of sorts where I would have the high ground. Um, oh, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll give you the high ground. Um, so what, what happens is uh, Nasta like points you to a ledge where he's he's like 
it won't last for long because that thing because this thing is a jumper but he points you to a legend and says you'll have the high ground for at least a few shots okay so what i'll give you is yeah the high ground which will give you advantage on ranged attacks for the until he gets on level ground with you right that that's that's uh, yeah yeah okay that works for me so what happens is we get this really we get one of those really cool iconic like arming yourselves like prepping to fight dracula montages mm-hmm. as you like lay all these traps out and the assassin nasta looks at you looks up at the sky storm's coming be safe friend i'll see you back at town and like the snowy wind he is gone Alright. Except, like, with his departure, there is a cry around you, like a yet. There's a yeti cry around you, and you see a shadow from above leaping in. The, the yeti lands in the ledge, but, like, on the, the valley below you. Right, right. Where, the, where the rope trap is set. Nasta did his job perfectly. The rope trap yes. grabs his ankles. Now let me describe the exact yeti that you're looking at. Because it's not just a yeti. Okay. You... The, this thing lands, and it is... Huge. It is 30 feet tall. Yeah. It is hulking with muscles. It is intelligent, because you see that it's been wrapping wounds in bandages. So it's kind of like bandaged up a little bit. And it lands, and the rope grabs... The rope that is supposed to be large enough to grab both of its ankles grabs one of them. And it traps him for a second, but it's only going to be for a few seconds. I, I'm picturing and, in my mind something like uh, Gigantopithecus or something like that. You know, the big... Movies. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Like, uh, and it's, like uh, King Louie from the, the new Jungle Book. It's yes, kind of very much so. But just, yeah, like, okay. white with the blue face... And the horn. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And it lands in front of you. It lands, the rope goes around one of its ankles. It's supposed to go around both. And it looks, it looks around, make me a stealth roll. As it tries to, like, spot you. As it knows that it has been trapped, which means there's a hunter. Stealth is where I excel, because, you know... Uh, so 12 and 11 is 23. Great. It does not see you. It does not see you yet, but when you make your attack, it's, so it's not going to get its full armor class up front. Okay. Oh, no, yes it is, because it doesn't have a dex bonus. Ha! Okay, never mind. <laughs> it's not flat-footed. Dang it. <laughs> um, so, uh, the first thing that I'm going to do, uh, is... Um, hit it with an arrow of sleeping. Okay. Or at least try to. Uh, it needs to make. Uh, it's a wisdom save of fifteen, fourteen, fifteen, fifteen. Okay. Um, if it doesn't, it goes to sleep until. Uh, it's like for one d four rounds. So. It's my first shot. Is what it's, what it's going to be. Z twenty. Where did my character sheet go? 
Oh, definitely hits. hits. Yes. Yes. Okay. So it does a twenty-six hit its armor class. Oh, put that is out. Okay. So here we go. The initial damage is going to be four plus two plus two is eight plus eighteen is twenty-six. And now it's got to make it save. Okay. You see it start to lumber. It 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 like falls forward a little bit, but it catches its hand, and it like you see its eyes do the thing where like the pupils dilate and then go real small again, and it barely hangs on. Yeah. But it hangs. But like that pump of adrenaline of something just shot me is enough to like let it hang on. Oh, that's a good idea. Though. All right. Um, now I'm going to hit it with one of the arrows that I was given, with the poison on it. Okay. That one is a crit, so, uh, is there anything special about this poison that I need to know before I roll damage? Uh, let me find out, I think it's just something that happens on a hit. On a hit, makes a constitution saving throw, takes uh, a bunch of poison damage on a failed save, or half as much damage on a successful one. Okay, so... Here's the damage roll, because, yeah. Four, four is eight, and five is 13, 15, 18, 36, plus whatever he's going to take from the poison. Okay. So, all right. So you've staggered him pretty heavily. Oof. Did he that fail poison. To save? <laughs> that poison did the. He did fail to save, and that poison did the trick. Oh so man. So he is. He is weary. He is weary. He is beaten down. <laughs> All right. Well, I get two more attacks. So um, I'm gonna pull out one of my firestorm arrows because this is a creature of ice. So educated guess. Um, this does an additional, from tribality.com, as a matter of fact, does an additional uh, 2d6 of just fire damage. So, from the Oh, fire. beautiful. That was almost bad, but does a, a uh, 16 hit it? Oh, just barely, yeah. Whew. Okay, that was a bad roll. That was I rolled a 5. Woof. <laughs> I love that a five is like a. I love that a five is still just barely hits. Like uh, that. That makes me feel really excited about the, how this fight is going. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got a plus eleven to hit. So yeah. Um. So twelve fire damage. So we got max on that. Uh. And for the bow, it's going to be twelve. Uh, fifteen and eighteen is. 33. Okay. With that flaming arrow, it punctures uh, the Yeti's throat. The traps worked. The poison worked. You have felled an abominable Yeti. Oh, wow. You may add that to your legendary, your hunter's reputation. (laughs) You stand on this ledge. You look down upon uh, your successful quarry. And you smile. And, like, you feel the warmth of having saved these people. Mm -hmm. And you feel the warmth of 
like a jo- a hunt well done, and you feel that warm, wet dripping down the back of your neck. What is that? Is that blood? Why is there blood dripping down the back of your neck? Uh, is it? I don't know. <laughs> Hold on. Seven. Does a twenty? Is it because a twenty-four hits your armor class? A twenty-four does indeed hit my armor class because that would be that would be uh, why you feel that warm, bloody feeling. Is you feel you put your hand back to feel the warmth, and there's a bolt right in the back. It struck you so quickly and silently that you didn't fully realize that it had hit you. Hmm. Okay. Uh, make a make a constitution saving throw. Fortunately, fighters are proficient. Nine. Does a 22 make the save? Yes, easily. Okay. Nine. So take nine damage from the bolt. Okay. Nine... 10, 16, 16 damage from a sneak attack. And... Hang on, I gotta do math now. And 9 more damage from poison. Where are you at health-wise? Uh, 185. Oh, okay, you're good then. You're fine. <laughs> I was a little worried because I threw a lot of damage at you. But I forgot <laughs> that you have a shit ton of health. Great. Yeah. So you feel that. You feel the poison rushing, and you sort of, like, shake it off, but you still feel it burning you real deep. You feel the okay. dart in the back of your neck, and, like, you turn back, and there is Nasta. And he sees you, and he sees you kind of, like, wavering with the poison just a little bit. And he kind of... Sm- he throws you the most sickening of smiles, and he's like, Look, all that matters out here is that the Yeti was taken. Whoever ends up back in town gets the credit. You can't blame me. <laughs> that guy. <clears throat> I guess there really is no honor among thieves. Hey, hey! He looks you, hey! Not a thief, I'm an assassin. Now you're trying to steal my kill. Yeah, well, fair. Well, nothing. (laughs) I I turn around, bow in hand, and I'm going to attempt to disarm him. (laughs) Because he started a fight. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, yeah, well, fair, as he's loading his crossbow. Take your shot at him. Okay. Ooh, that's out of the box. 14 plus 11 is 25. That hits. Alright. So, the normal arrow. Uh, 12 plus 18 is going to be 30. 30 and he's damage. he's got to make a strength check. Okay. <laughs> um, 8. No, that definitely fails. That, that definitely fails. <laughs> yeah, it's 8. The, the check is 8 plus my proficiency, which is 14, plus my 
uh, dex modifier, uh, which would make it 19. So yeah, you shoot the you shoot the crossbow squarely out of his hand. It goes flying. He is going to uh, attempt to like descend into the shadows. He's going to make a stealth roll. I, I have roll three me, more attacks. Uh, <laughs> Oh yeah, right. Go, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot that you that you're going to just destroy this man in a round. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> uh, right. I'm going to take one of the poison arrows that he gave me, and I'm going to give him a taste of his own medicine. Womp womp. And he's going to get hit for sure. Sure. Because <laughs> I rolled a twenty-nine. Uh, he is going to take. Uh, let's see, nine, twelve. He's going to take another thirty damage. Okay. Plus, he's got to make that constitution save, whatever yes. he's got there. He gets a 10, 12. He has to make it. He does not succeed. Oh, he's done. He is... Yep, he is exactly done. You, you shoot him with the poison arrow, and he kind of smiles at you, and he's like, he just points up one finger. Well, well played, well played. And he just falls backwards into the snow. <laughs> yeah. So then I'm going to make the trek back down the mountain, assuming nothing else decides to attack me. <laughs> no, nope, nothing else attacks you. You've, you've come back to the town. Uh, people are overjoyed to discover that you have filled the Yeti. People are overjoyed to hear that they can return to their village. And, yeah, so, Goldbrick, he brings you into his hut, and he says, Thank you, I am sorry that we can't offer you much, but I can tell you that if ever you were to find yourself in the mountain again, you have a home. You have a home in Dula Sadaka. Thank you very much. And don't worry about payment, I mean... The thrill of the hunt is enough for me. And he leans in and he says, Oh, well then perhaps I do have a payment for you. Hmm. And he kind of leans in and he says, Have you heard tale of the mountain dragon? A mountain dragon? Sounds intriguing. And that's game. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. I love that. Yeah. So fighter archers, man. Oh, man, I... Yeah. Yeah, ugh. Ian, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. We're yeah, gonna... not a Hold on, thank wait. We're going to talk, more... talk more about archers in a minute, but i got to do the wrap-up stuff, and then we'll... Yeah, that's fine. Ian, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. This was a blast. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> Real quick before we wrap up, where can people find your work online? Uh, you can actually go to uh, either Facebook... Or Twitter. Uh, search the Dungeon Masters block on Facebook. You can also search DMs underscore block at DMs block on Twitter. And you can also go to our Patreon, which uh, just go to Patreon and search the Block Party Podcast Network, and that will get you all the stuff. I am also available on Twitter at Ian, my first name, I A N M, as in Michael, R E N W I C K. And that so that's at Ian M Renwick on Twitter. So you can also get a hold of me there. Excellent. Well, I'm gonna throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take Sounds it, future good. me. Thanks, fast me, and thanks again to Ian for coming on the show. That was a hoot and a half. 
Be sure to follow all of the shows on the Block Party Podcast Network, past, present, and future at blockpartypodcastnetwork.com. You can also follow the Dungeon Masters Block on Twitter at DMs underscore Block and Ian on Twitter at Ian M. Renwick. You can also follow Party of One on Twitter, Party of One Pod. Like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash Party of One Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, consider telling a friend. Uh, iTunes reviews, social media shoutouts, and word of mouth recommendations help the show do bigger, better, and cooler things. If you really enjoy the show, consider backing us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Party of One Podcast. Patreon backers get access to weekly designers notes where I talk more about my approach to running multiplayer games with two players. They also get bonus audio for the show. For example, Ian and I talked extensively about archers and character optimization. You'll get to hear that on the Patreon and a ton of other cool stuff. If you want to hear more from me, check out All My Fantasy Children, the podcast where Aaron Catano and I take your listener prompts and turn them into beautiful, thriving, vibrant role-playing game characters. This week, it's a double feature. There was a dark, magical blizzard that separated Aaron and I, so we recorded two separate solo episodes featuring the same prompt. So you get to hear Aaron tell the story of Primrose, a celestial druid, and me tell the story of Trance Halford, a galactic, well, a sci-fi podcaster. There's no other way to put it. Party of One is produced and edited by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lies by Mega Rain featuring the D&D Sluggers. If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates or about coming onto the show, shoot me an email at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. That's it for me. Until next time, thank you for listening. Oppose the forces of fascism every single day. And party on. Never gonna die.